Welcome to the Celebration Church Orlando podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Thank you. You guys can be seated. It's great to see everybody today. Man, I love the new venue. This is a great spot. It's uh, what a blessing it is, huh? Well, my name's Chris, uh, Mike. Uh, man, you're just uh, becoming a legend, man. I hear more and more about you uh, all the time. But uh, and of course, Lindsay and the worship team. Come on, put our, let's put our hands together for them. <laughs> I met uh, I met Lindsay when she was just an intern, probably 14 years ago. One of our campuses there in Clay County in Orange Park area up in Jacksonville. Lindsay was our worship leader there with with me for six years, man. I remember when she was just learning to play the guitar and wasn't even married. Now she's got two kids, but I love seeing God just step into the, people just step into the call of God in their lives. But it's great to be uh, here in Orlando with you. And uh, like Mike was saying, I've been with Celebration Church uh, over uh, 22 years. My wife, Ashley's here. Say hi to everybody, Ashley. Next month, we'll have been married uh, 26 years. 26 years next month. So, and I'm excited to be with you. I want to welcome those who are watching online. And if you're visiting with us this morning, we're so glad that you're here. And it's uh, just a great, going to be a great morning. This Holy Spirit series right after Easter, I thought, what a great uh, idea to, to minister on the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. Of course, Pastor Clay was here last week. And I love teaching on this topic. When Pastor Keith texted me, I said, yep, I love, I love teaching on the Holy Spirit. It's one of my favorite topics. So let's just say a quick prayer. We'll get into the Word today. Father, we love you, and we just uh, be still and know that you are God today. God, we just thank you. You want to speak to our hearts. Father, some of us are here this morning, and, and I just during worship, I just felt like you want to light revival fires in some of our hearts today. Even as we leave, even if we're watching online, you want to ignite a revival fire in some of our hearts. In our hearts, we would leave change. We would leave on fire for you with your love, your fire burning in our heart like never before. In the mighty name of Jesus, everybody said amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Luke chapter 11. And uh, thanks, my man. Thank you. Uh, Luke chapter 11. And you know, this is the passage in chapter 11 where Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened. For he who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, it's opened. That's how Jesus starts out this teaching. And then he gets down and he talks about if you ask for bread, would you give him a, give him a stone? If he asked for yeah, you know, would, uh, would he give him a serpent? You know, this kind of a weird analogy that Jesus is talking about. But then he gets down and he says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I want to talk to you this morning about there's always more. Jesus said, if you give good gifts to your children, I have two children. I love giving them gifts. My daughter, Maggie, is going to be moving to Orlando uh, this summer or in the fall here, and she loves getting gifts. Her love language is gifts. Anybody else have kids or you know that your love language is gifts? Maggie's been that way her whole life. I mean, you just give her a piece of candy, she's happy. Whatever it is, she loves getting gifts. And I love giving her gifts because that's how I show her love. And so he says, if you 
If you are evil, come on, Jesus doesn't, he never put, he backs around, does he? He always goes straight at you, doesn't he? If you being evil <laughs> know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? There's a lot in this. And to me, it just says, it says all we have to do is ask. All we have to do is ask. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who do what? Who ask. We so often forget about asking God for the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And many times we feel we get the Holy Spirit at salvation. Of course we do. That's how we're born again. That's how we have spiritual eyes to see the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts. Absolutely, that's how we come into the kingdom of heaven. But today's topic there's always more. Can I have an amen? There's always more. And so this passage reminds us that all we have to do is ask. More asking, more listening, more dependence on the Holy Spirit in our lives. In John chapter 20 is when the disciples received the Holy Spirit. So Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, so I also send you. And when he has said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This is when the disciples received the Holy Spirit, right here in John chapter 20. So, of course, we receive the, the Holy Spirit at salvation. He comes to live inside us and dwell in us. But there's always more. There's a place in the Bible in Acts chapter 19 where Paul goes to Ephesus, and he says that he comes across some disciples. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? You know what they say? We have not so much as even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so Paul prays for them. He lays hand on, hands on them, and they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So many Christians today, that's what, they would, that's what they would say. We've not heard much about the Holy Spirit. So many people in America, we've not heard so much about the Holy Spirit. Whenever I teach on this topic, I'm always reminded, I've been able, been blessed to spend, uh, been Afri to Africa several times. We have a campus in Zimbabwe. When I was young, I used to go to Peru a lot, been to Peru uh, about a year and a half, I spent some time, our family was in uh, Colombia, been all over the place. And listen, in these countries, the Holy Spirit, the moving of the Holy Spirit, it's normal Christianity. In America, sometimes we become so intellectual. You know, I wrote this down. In fact, I, I feel like I'm getting old sometimes, especially in this church, there's so many young folks. And uh, when I, it was, this was, when I t tell some of the stories, this was almost 30 years ago. 30, almost 30 years ago, Ashley. It's hard to believe. But I wrote this down almost 30 years ago in a journal that I have, that true Christianity is neither barren intellectualism nor thoughtless emotionalism. You might want to write that down or put it in your phone today. It's a, good, it's a good little saying. True Christianity is neither barren intellectualism or thoughtless emotionalism. The scripture says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And so the Holy Spirit, many Christians are living in John 20, where Jesus said, he breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Spirit, or they're living in Ephesians 19 where they don't know much about the Holy Spirit. And God wants us to step into the story of the scripture in Acts chapter two. On the day of Pentecost where God fulfills the promise in Joel chapter two, 
And he says, on your sons and daughters, I will pour out, my, pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will dream dreams. Your old men will, will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. That's the fulfillment of Joel. And that promise, the scripture says, Peter stood up and he preached, this promise is for you. And to your children, and to as many as the Lord our God will call. Maybe you feel far from God today. That's, that promise is for, for you. It's for our children. We can stand on that promise. And so he, Jesus, he told the disciples there in Luke, he says, wait in Jerusalem, Terry, the King James Version says, and you will be endued with power from on high. And so we get to Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost has fully come, you know, the day of Pentecost is coming up. It's just in a few weeks. When the day of Pentecost, it just means 50. Pentecostal, Pentecost just means 50. It doesn't mean um, Pentecostal things that you may have in your imagination. It means 50. And so it's 50 days. And so uh, they were in one accord in one place, the scripture says. And Peter stands up and he says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can circle the word gift. For this promise is to you and your children and to many as who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. It's a promise for us. So when we read the book of Acts, Holy Spirit baptism was the normal and expected experience for all believers. When we read the book of Acts, we see an inbreaking of the Holy Spirit in the lives of God's people. Something was happening supernatural in their lives. And this experience is for everyone. And so I like to say that there's three baptisms. There's a baptism into Christ, there's water baptism, and there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so certainly, you know, we're breaking some of this down, it's linear, but how many of you know God's not a formula? And you can't put him in a box, and, and God, he moves in our lives in different ways, doesn't he? We're all wired a little bit different. But there's always something more. Come on, say there's always more. I'm talking to you this morning about there's always more. And what I've, how I've always been in my life is there's been things that I don't understand, and things that maybe I wasn't taught or, you know, but I always said this, God, I want everything you have for me. I want everything you have for me in my life. I want to go deep with you. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. And so there's always another level in our relationship to learn to walk with him. This scripture, I've been reading this scripture the last few weeks, for real. If you love me, Jesus said, John 14, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another Helper. That word helper, it means comforter and maybe your translation. It's in the Greek, it's paraclete or parakletos. And that word, it means to come alongside. So if I were to pick up like a giant log, <laughs> don't do that too much anymore. But if I were to pick up a log and someone came and picked up the other side, one who comes alongside and helps you carry, I will send you another helper, another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Now, this is the part that's been, I've been thinking about. It says this, the spirit of what? Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, 
for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And so there's a part of the Holy Spirit that's, (laughs) believe it or not, spiritual. He's spiritual. The natural man, you say, well, I'm not so sure I understand. You're not going to understand in your mind, just solely in your mind. The scripture says the world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Why? He's spiritually discerned. He's the Holy Spirit. It takes revelation. It's about our hearts. It's about our humility. It's about our hunger for more. And so there's a scripture in Corinthians that says, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are spiritually, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. The, the, The baptism of the Holy Spirit, the things of the Spirit, the Scripture says, it's going to take revelation. It's going to take spiritual discernment. Let's talk a little bit about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this doctrine. Where does that term come from, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Some people may say infilling of the Holy Spirit. We get the term straight from Scripture. In Acts 1, it says this, for John, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. And whenever you, you, you think about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or, fill, or being filled with the Holy Spirit, remember this. This is a promise from whom? Jesus. Jesus said, I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is a promise from our king. This is a promise from Jesus. He said, I will baptize. Who's the baptizer of the Holy Spirit? Jesus. That's what it says. It says, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You know, speaking, John the Baptist said, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, speaking of Jesus. And so this is the promise that's talking about the day of Pentecost. And so what, what the term comes from the scriptures, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What's the purpose of this? What's the purpose of being baptized or immersed in the Holy Spirit? It's the purpose is to receive the power and anointing upon an individual so that he or she may carry out their assignment in the kingdom of God. That's the purpose. What's the anointing mean? You hear that term all the time. What's anointing mean? It means the presence and the power of God. Remember in the Old Testament, when they would anoint someone with oil, they would pour oil over a king, or they would anoint someone. David, King David was anointed with oil. It means to smear. They would pour oil. Oil's a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so the purpose is to receive the power of God, to receive the anointing of God. The power and the presence of the Lord. A definition, a distinct experience after salvation, although it can occur immediately you know, right after salvation. Look, there's no formulas. Amen. This is the power of God moving in our life, but I believe it's a distinct experience. 
I believe God wants to touch. You know that scripture in Ephesians says, be filled with the Holy Spirit? You know that word filled? It means be continually filled over and over. Why? Because we leak. We become dry and thirsty in a land where there is no water. Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink, and out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And he said, you'll never thirst again. And so we have to continually ask God to fill us. How, how do you receive more of the Holy Spirit? Ask. That's what Jesus said. How much more? Come on, somebody, somebody say there are always more. How much more will my Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And I, I just started doing this, guys. Father, Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, if you take that time, ask him to touch you, ask him to fill you, he's faithful to his promises. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's an infilling experience that takes place when we open our lives to God without reservation and ask him to baptize, immerse, fill us with the Holy Spirit, overflowing. If I had a glass up here, it could be full of water, right? But I could, and it, so it's full of water. Where we have the Holy Spirit, but I could pour water into that glass till it overflows. To me, this is the Holy Spirit baptism. He's moving from your spirit into your soulish realm, into your mind, your will, and your emotions. He's saturating your life with his presence. I like that word, saturating. He's saturating you with his spirit. How do we receive? We ask by faith. How do you receive salvation? It's a gift by faith, right? How do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? By faith. It's a gift by faith. What can I expect when I ask God to baptize me, to fill me with the Holy Spirit in my life? What can I expect? I, the, a, a few things here. The Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit baptism grants boldness for the purpose of power and mission. How many of you know we need boldness? The apostles prayed this, grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak, speak your word by stretching out your hands to heal and that signs and wonders may be done. In the name of your holy servant Jesus and God filled them with boldness and they preached. You shall receive what? Power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. What's that word? Dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. You will be, you will, endued. <clears throat> What's endued? It means to clothe. You're clothed with power for your purpose, for your assignment in your life. Come on, somebody. That's what I need. How about you? Uh, we need the power of God in our life today more than ever. Come on, somebody say there's always more. There's always more of the Holy Spirit available in our lives. He's waiting on us to hunger and thirst for righteousness so we can be filled. He's waiting on us to ask. Paul said this, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of man's wisdom, of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. What was Paul saying? He said, I didn't come to you in the Greek culture. I didn't come to you as some great orator. I didn't come to impress you with my speaking skills of human wisdom. That's what the Greeks valued in that day. 
He said, I came to you in the demonstration of the Spirit that the, the, and the power of God. He says, that your faith is not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That means he's saying, listen, I don't care if you're impressed with me. I want you to hear the message. I want you to follow the one that I'm talking about. And, and it points to him and receive his power. I always think of Peter. Do you remember when Peter denied the Lord? Jesus told him, you're going to deny me. You know, and, and he said, when the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. And then the rooster crowed three times, and the scripture says the Lord turned and looked at him. Whew. And he says, I don't know the man. And then there's a place, there's another place in the scripture that says when, when Peter thought about it, he wept. I bet he did. But what happens? Jesus restores him, but he denied Jesus to a little servant girl. And the scripture says he followed Jesus at a distance. But what happens? Jesus restores him. He's filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And the scripture says he stood up with the 11 and preaches. 3,000 added to the church. It said with boldness, Peter stands up with the 11. He begins to preach. And the scripture says they're cut to the heart. This is what Peter says. Heed my words. And he preaches the gospel to the people. What happened to him? He did not, Jesus to a servant girl, he followed at a distance. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He received power. He received boldness. He was a changed man. Another thing that the Holy Spirit baptism does, it facilitates emotional healing and freedom in our lives. Isaiah 10 says this, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. To me, that just means that there's, there's a power. The Holy Spirit can bring power and touch our mind and our emotions. And, and the spiritual realm comes into our soulish realms and brings healing. We can be saved and know the Lord, but we can still be bound. Remember Lazarus? He was raised from the dead, but he had his grave clothes on. And so we can be saved but bound. We can be bound in addiction. We can be bound in hopelessness, bound in depression. And the Spirit of God can come and help bring freedom into our lives. The Holy Spirit can come help break these yokes off of our lives. Certainly, depression and other things, it can be a process. It's, it's a process at times, right? Certainly, there's things that we have to walk out and work through. However, don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Why? Because he can bring the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He can touch your mind and bring healing. He can break the addictions off of our lives. He can take a mild, meek, cowardice person and ignite him on fire for God and his kingdom. That's the power of a God in our life. That's what he does. He calls dead things into life. He breathes life into you. That's the power of God. That's the Holy Spirit in our lives. He can break Satan's dominion and bring us into a new level of freedom and power. I have not, I've given, I've not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, the Scripture says. This Scripture, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Think about that. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. A third 
expectation we can have of asking God to fill us with his spirit is he brings another dimension of intercession and worship in our lives. He, can, he brings us into another level, another, it's not just praying in our mind, but the scripture says we know not how to pray as we ought, but the Holy Spirit himself makes intercession through us with groanings that cannot be uttered. The Spirit of God is praying through us. Another level of intercession. Jude says this, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. Jude 20, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping you in the love of God is a good place to live. It's a good place to be. Building up, that word means improving, building yourself up, praying in the Holy Spirit. Paul says this, I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. That word mysteries, it means secret things. We can pray in the Spirit, speaking mysteries unto God. God hears our prayers. He understands what we're saying. The scripture says, eagerly desire, that word desire, eagerly desire. I, that's what I, here's what I say. God, I just want every gift you want to give me. I don't understand everything, but I, my heart, I, I'm hungering for more and thirsting for more of you in my life. I want every gift that you want to give me. Can I have an amen? It's a deeper awareness of the connection to the Lord. Come on, somebody say, there's always more. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Out of your heart will flow rivers of living water, Jesus said. The last idea here of the Holy Spirit, the last thing that we can expect is he restores an intimate relationship of God as father and reveals his unexplainable love to us. You know, I was reading Ephesians 3 where it says this, the love of Christ which passes knowledge. This is the Holy Spirit. He's, he's revealing God's unimaginable love. It reminds me of that verse, deep calleth unto deep. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard what, what God has prepared for us, but in your spirit, deep calls unto deep. In your spirit, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. It passes knowledge, but in your spirit, you cry, Abba, Father. It's a revelation of his love. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, to me, it gives you power. He can heal your mind and your soul. It's another level of prayer and worship, but the foundation of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the foundation of it, of him getting to know him is his love. It's a baptism of love. When you seek after him and you experience his love and his power in your life in a real way, it's like he, it's like the difference of taking, I have, you know, I, was, I saw some of the little kids out there. My kids are getting older now, but when I had my little son, I would take him by the hand. It's the difference of me taking him by the hand and me picking him up and throwing him up in the air and catching him. 
It's the baptism of his love. It's the arms of the Father. It's the Father's love putting his arms around you and pouring his love. The scripture says, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. How? By the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. I'm telling you guys, getting a revelation of his love, it can, do, it can bring more healing in your soul, into your life. It's, un, it's unexplainable. That's what he does. Years ago, I read this quote. One of the leaders of the Great Awakening, his name was Charles Finney. You could read about him, fascinating man from New York. But he was one of the leaders of the Great Awakening. He wrote this down. He was an attorney who became a preacher. And he was, one day he was praying, and this is what he wrote down. I love, I love how he describes this, this baptism of the Holy Spirit in his life. It was like a wave of electricity going through and through me. It seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. It seemed like the very breath of God. It seemed to fan me like immense wings. No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. I wept aloud with joy and love. I literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my heart. The waves came over me and over me, one after another. That's the baptism of love. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you say, Pastor Chris, are you telling me to seek an experience? No, I'm telling you to seek God. Leave the experiences up to him. However, don't be afraid of God touching your heart and giving you a touch from it with the power of a spirit. The entire book of the Bible is full of an inbreaking of the Spirit of God in the lives of his children. This is what I tell people. They say, well, are you just talking about experience? I say, listen, I mean, seek the Lord. Leave the experiences up to him. But did we experience sin? Some of us experience sin. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. Well, so we can experience sin, but we can't experience the Lord's power his love in our hearts and in our lives in a special way. Come on, y'all. It's a relationship with the living God. Can I have an amen? The team can begin to come on up. As we close here, you know, I love teaching on this topic. I started seeking this about 30 years ago. It's hard to believe. I used to have hair and everything. You wouldn't even recognize me. <laughs> but, but, I wanted to learn about the power of the Holy Spirit. I went to this, uh, I lived in Baton Rouge, I went to LSU, I lived in Baton Rouge, and I went to this uh, bookstore. We used to have book stores where you buy books at. I know we don't <laughs> do that anymore. But I went, and so I would always go to the Christian bookstore and, and get all these books and read them, you know. And I said, I want to learn about the Holy Spirit. And so I found this one book, and it was called The Baptism of the Holy Spirit Handbook. I said, all right, man, that sounds like a good one for me. You, you know, so I went home, and I sat on my bed, and it was questions and answers with, you know, scriptures. Question with answers and the scriptures around it. And I sat on my bed, and I began to read this thing and look the scriptures up in my Bible. And it was a lot of the same scriptures I uh, quoted to you. And uh, is the worship team coming up? I don't know. <laughs> Lindsay. <laughs> She's got a new baby she's taken care of. 
but I began to uh, just go through these scriptures. And, uh, and I just began to read them. And I just began to take the promises of God for their word. And I read these same scriptures and I said, Jesus, baptize me with your spirit. I'm sitting on my bed. I'm a 21-year-old man. And I'm telling you guys, I began, something began to happen to me. And I began to feel out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. And I began to feel the love of God touching my heart in a very powerful way. I went to church and I lifted my hands and I could just begin to feel the Holy Spirit flowing in my life in a special way, in a powerful way. And that's why, and I began to heal, I began to feel some of the broken places in my soul getting healed through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the Bible talks about joy unspeakable, full of glory. And I was a kind of a shy young man and, and a little timid in ways, and I just began to feel boldness come into my heart and my, my life, healing in areas of my soul, another level of prayer and worship. I began to, under, to understand a little bit more about the unexplainable love of God, the Father in my life. That's why I love teaching this. That's why I love, you know, like I said, in, prayer, in worship, I said, God, I said, God, if if you would use me today to ignite a revival fire in some hearts today, even online, I said, a revival fire of people who just want a touch from you, who just want to know you. Let me, let me close with this. You guys can stand. Let me close with a couple of ideas. Now, this is good. Don't tune me out yet. Okay? Those chairs aren't as loud as the other ones. Those used to be super loud, right? <laughs> Don't tune me out yet because I'm telling you guys, if you'll listen to me, I believe this will help you. How do we get more of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Just think through some of this with me. Let it, let it register with you. You have to have a prepared heart. When Peter preached, what did he say? Repent. And, and so that just means turning away from sin in our lives, turning to the Lord. Repent and you shall receive the Holy Spirit. So you, we have to re- prepare our hearts in repentance. That's easy to do. It's just to make a decision. I turn away. I turn to you, Jesus. Ask your forgiveness. We have to remove the barriers of our lives. What are some of these barriers? Sin. Sin's a barrier. When we are choosing to live for ourselves, it creates condemnation. It creates a barrier in our lives. We, our, our prayers become shame management instead of what they should be unto the Lord. And so that's an easy fix. Repentance, asking for cleansing and forgiveness. His, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sin. His mercy is new every morning. And so unforgiveness, unforgiveness towards someone who maybe you love that has hurt you. So many of us, in fact, All of us have seasons where we have to walk through unforgiveness in our lives and and learn to choose to forgive even though we don't want to and it hurts and we have to walk that out. But I'm telling you, unforgiveness, which turns to bitterness, will block the flow of God in our life. And the scripture says in Hebrews, it'll defile others. If there's unforgiveness, we we have to get it clean. It starts with a decision. It starts with choice. Pride. The Bible is, Jesus said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. Peter said, clothe yourself with humility. Clothe yourself, put humility on, wear it. Wear humility in your life. I need more. I can't do this on my own. And 
watch God come in. He's drawn, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Who draws first? We draw and he is drawn to humility. Fear. Pastor Chris, what are you talking about? Baptism of the Holy Spirit? Sounds Pentecostal. What are you doing? What do you, you, you know? Fear. Who's the baptizer? Jesus. Everything, he, everything good he has for us. Everything he has for us is good. He loves us. He's the good shepherd. You don't have to be afraid of anything that Jesus promised to do for us. He loves us. Doctrinal hangups. Well, I was taught different. Man, I'm just teaching the Bible. You know, sometimes the difference between our head and our heart, we got to close that gap because he responds to our hearts. It's spiritual. It takes spiritual discernment. Don't let anything keep us from this gift. Amen. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. So here's some ideas as we close. I'm praying right now. Come on, are y'all with me? Remove the barriers. Hunger and thirst for more of God. Simply ask. Don't say, Lord, if it's your will, say, Lord, the word says to ask. And then ask. Receive by faith, just like salvation. So let's pray together. Here's what I'm going to do. You know, the, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. And he certainly doesn't dwell in just buildings made by men, does he? I think we've learned that this last year. We've been reminded of that, right? He doesn't have to only move in a room like this. He can move in your car, in your apartment, in your home. He responds to faith. He responds to us, right? We are the temple of God. So, but here in this moment, I'm gonna pray, and I believe God's gonna fill some of you right now. He's good. You're going to feel his power and touching your heart and your life. You're going to feel something on the inside. Some of you, I've planted seeds of revival fire. You're not going to forget this message. It's going to produce fruit in your life. You're going to turn to him, and I don't know where it's going to happen, but you're going to start to sense the power and the flow of God in your life in a new way. Amen. So let's pray. Maybe some of you just want to open your hands, maybe turn your palms up towards heaven or lift whatever you're comfortable with, just as a sign of surrender, as a sign of receiving. And I'm just going to lead us in a prayer. Father, right now, we just thank you for this new spring day after resurrection day, God, in this new facility here and people just coming back together. Uh, many to many of us, it's just our first time and just reconnecting from being at home and some of us feeling isolated, some feeling disconnected from, from the people of God. But here we are, God. And I, right now, everyone under the sound of my voice, I just pray right now. In fact, if you'd like to say this, I just want to lead you in a prayer. Lord Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit right now. Fill me with your spirit. I need your power. I need your love in my life. I repent of anything that's keeping me from you. Any unforgiveness in my heart, I choose to forgive. Bless that person. Any pride, I humble myself. Any, any fear in my life, so I bring it and just lay it at your feet. You've not given me a spirit of fear. Now, the scripture says to be still and know that he's God.
Just wait before the Lord just a moment. I'm just going to let God move as Lindsay leads us in a song. I just encourage you to lift your voice, have a heart of expectation to receive. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord wants to minister to you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you heard today. If you'd like more content like this, or you'd like to connect with us, go to celebrationorl.org. We hope you join us next time.